When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 181. Oh my gosh, 181. My name's Turner Sparks. With me is Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. Uh, you can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Kaplan at Kaplan America on Instagram. You can find this show at Lost in America Pod on Instagram. That's all. Kaplan, how you doing? I'm doing good. You should introduce me as uh, Sir Michael Ira Kaplan, the former starting point guard for the JCC Running Rabbis, since we're going to be talking hoops on this episode. <laughs> the I want rabbis. any new listeners to know that I was quite a basketball player in my day. Well, we should so. say on the podcast today, yes, this is basketball-themed. We have the great Dan Artest. You might know him as uh, the brother of Ron Artest. I know him as former Sacramento Kings Summer League basketball player the summer of 2000. It was 2007-2008 season, Maybe it's 2007 Summer League. Dan Artest was playing for the Sacramento Kings out there in Las Vegas for Coach Reggie Theus at the time. And um, and uh, we're going to talk to him about about streetball in New York City. He grew up in Queensbridge Projects. Maybe a little hip hop. Maybe a little uh, Corona talk in general. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's that. But Cap, let's get out to our Patreon people. We had one new subscriber this week. I feel oh. a big week coming on this upcoming week. So last week was a little quiet. We had Marcia Edgar, which she's only one person, but very excited because she's one of the only people we don't know personally. Hey, is it Marcia Edgar or Marcia? We don't know. Oh, probably Marcia. M-A-R-C-I-A. <laughs> yeah. I think that's Marcia, yeah. That's but how you would say Marcia. Maybe to us, she's Marcia. But thank you for joining, Marcia. <laughs> thank you, Marcia. Marcia. You, you made a smart move. If you get, if you're, if you find the right week when there's nobody else, we're just going to focus on on shouting out you. If you're the only one to join, so yeah. So this upcoming week, now that we had a down week, this is probably the best week to join because you're going to get. I wish we could get Marsha's backstory so we could give her the proper intro, you know. Yeah, well, but um, anyway, Marsha, if you're listening, write us in. You know the email address. No one else does. And if you guys want to join our Patreon, uh, our Patreon show, we do every Tuesday through Friday four extra episodes a week. It's just Kaplan and I, about a half an hour each, wrapping up what happened during that day, whether it's Corona news, whether it's. Uh, Fauci, Cuomo, or me or Kaplan, you'd find mm. out that I, I'm not even, I'm, I'll tell you what happened. We got a hot tub last week over at Tyler Sparks' house. It's big news. That's all I'm going to tell you, though, if you want to hear yeah, the rest of the story. Yeah, although there were some good stories in that hot tub. What the ups the and tub? the downs. There's an extra, the, the conclusion it's to the story. It's in the Patreon show. Yeah, and the conclusion's going to be in the Patreon show tomorrow. It's going to be there tomorrow, but Kaplan... We got to get to you because you have uh, what's going on. I'm very stressed out over here because, you know, things are starting to slowly shift. You you can feel it in the air. People, even in New York City, are trying to get back to some sort of normal. You know, people coming out of their Well, a couple things are happening. One thing is that the weather's changing. It's getting nicer. So people are itching to get outside. But the other thing that's happening is the um, reported cases are down about 80% of what they were at a month ago. Yes. The problem is that they're still number one in America because a month ago there was 10,000 a day, and now there's there's 1,800 a day or something. We built a big lead. 
We built you know. a big lead. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, I'm going to get said, a little bit, you bring it up that when you say it that way, I'm going to be a little bit like, uh, you get the wrong reaction. I know it's the wrong reaction, but when we're not number one, if we lose that title, it, it'll be a little disappointing. Well, you reported, want all the this is all reported cases, which we right. know we can't trust the real numbers. So who well, knows? Well, also because we have the best testing. So that's, that's, so it's a point of pride that we have the most cases. But anyway, people are starting to go outside. The weather's nice. Some people are returning to work in like in, capacity, in ways they can. Um, and you know, I'm starting to see, because for a while going outside, when, even when the weather was nice, I would only see like this, I, the same people outside every day. I'd see like the same, there's certain kids who just like, they just don't, parents don't care, whatever. There's like this group. There's these soccer, I talked about them on the Patreon show, but there's these soccer kids, I call, there's like a soccer academy. They're outside every day. They're literally outside nine to five. And there's a couple other kids who play and there's a few other things and that's it. But now I'm starting to see other kids and I don't know if they were away for a while like you, their families and they've come back to New York. I don't know if they finally come out. The frost is over. It's like when college, when um, I went to Syracuse up north where you don't see anybody all winter and then, then it gets springtime and all of a sudden you see these people and you're like, oh, you still go here? I didn't even know you were. So I don't know if that kind of feeling, I don't know, but you're starting to see, and I recognize kids because uh, you know we've been in the same neighborhood all these years. So I start, I don't, I recognize kids, and I'm seeing, and some of them seem like they're friendly, like they're almost like, almost like a, a play date of sorts, where it's like, or like they, I don't know if they they planned it, but you have two kids who are playing outside together, who are not related to each other, who are not related exactly. And now, and now my children have not really seen anybody other than on Zoom, FaceTime, you know these things, and. Uh, if we run into somebody in the neighborhood, they like keep a distance and have a, an awkward chat. They don't really, there's been no play dates, no playing at all with any of their friends. And I'm wondering like at some point, and it's good because they're siblings. So it's like, it makes it a little, you know, easier. I mean, if you have one shot, you probably are going nuts about this. But so I started to wonder like, how do we, at one point we got to introduce them back into the fray. Like they're not going to not see their friends because they're going to have school again, hopefully. Well, have you been asked, have other parents approached you about this? Been like, hey, what do you guys think? Or is that too risky of a proposition? That's that's what I'm getting at, is that nobody has. And I'm just starting to, like, I've had this idea in my head for three weeks. Now I'm just saying it out loud. Like, I'm not even, like, I don't know when it's okay to even broach the subject. Because I feel like the people who are still here, the reason why we haven't seen them is because they've been just quarantined in the hell out of this thing. Everyone's very proud of their quarantine. So, yeah. I don't want to be. It's that issue. It's the same issue, you know, back in our single days when you're dating and your girls, you know, you're, uh, you go see a movie and then you're on the way home and you kind of go, well, I don't know. Should we, yes. Should we go? (laughs) Should we go? You want to go upstairs for coffee? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That it's a really, uh, it's a fine line because if you, if you uh, offer it up too early, that could be game over. The people could hate you. It could be, you could be, you're, you know, you're, um, uh, you, they, they look down on you. Cause I'm going to, I'm not going, it's like, it's like when you hit on a friend or something or, or like a coworker almost, because like, we're not moving, we're staying in this neighborhood for years. So if we, if we do a social taboo, I can't go anywhere. You're out. And I'm always out. You're and out of like, the neighborhood. And so like to continue your analogy further, it's like, I would even think to propose, like I would start, you know, like a lunch date, you go out, you're going to meet outside in the park. <laughs> sure. And you're gonna like, oh, we, you have to have an activity plan like ahead of time. That's not like we we'll both bring bikes. Well, and this is what bikes. you do, Kaplan. This is yep. what you say. You say, would you like? What would you think about Teddy and Ruby meeting up with little Johnny and Timmy? And then you say this. You, this is key. You have to go. 
Social distancing, obviously. Obviously. All that. And then it becomes so, like, uh, that episode of our Patreon show where Heaton guest hosted. Yes. Uh, Andrew Heaton brought up this idea that early on I should have found friends and just, like, we basically do like a blood oath or something. We're like, we're, we're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. We'll let our kids play with each other. He did a whole, in his smart way of speaking, about how mathematically it's barely different than what, than doing, not, you know, like, well, it, it I do very... know that families do. I've, I've heard of families doing this. So yeah. I know down here in Virginia, there's families that are making packs like only our two families. But then the thing is, some half of these families are also making packs with other families. Right. You have to be. It's the, you, you, it's you, the middle school thing. We're like, hey, don't tell anybody I told you, but blah, blah, blah. And then that person goes to someone else. Don't tell anybody I told you. Right. All and every whole school knows. You yeah, know. it always falls apart every movie, and then you're like, you want. It's almost like good if like you're basically saying like, oh my kid, you got to pick the right person because you're basically saying like you're my number one friend that I want my kid to play with, and then you're putting yourself out there because they might have already made a deal with some other family, and then you look like an asshole. It's straight back. It, it all leads back to middle school. It's like you're my I, best friend, I, but I, you're my best best friend. Yeah, and then the other thing is you're also. It's like if the person gives you a reaction, they almost don't trust you. Because you're, you know, like, you're like, they're like, oh, I think you're going to, you're going to, you, like, the kids are, we can control, but it's really the parents you're judging. So if they're saying, well, I don't want to hang out with you, they're basically saying, like, I don't trust you, Kaplan, to be responsible when you're out and about. Here's the solution. Can I give you the solution? Yeah. What do we got? Kaplan, you have to think like a single guy on a date. (laughs) So this works exactly the same. What do you do? When you're a single guy on a date, you go, hey, do you want to come up and uh, watch a movie? You don't say, do you want to come up and have sex with me? You don't say that. Right. I, this, yes. No one I, says I, that. And then this clip can't be played at all to any of these people. are already disqualified. Go on. You say, do you want to watch a movie? Right? Do you want to watch a movie? So, same thing with your kids. <laughs> you say, hey, do you want little uh, Ruby and Teddy to play with little Johnny and Kimmy? And then you say social distancing, obviously. And then once you get out into the park, right? Well, if one thing leads to another, and these kids start running around jumping on a jungle gym, then that's just the way it goes, and you let it happen naturally. Right. And there are no jungle gyms, and there's no, yeah, it it does become a thing where like you don't want like you have toys, and it's like it is hard with kids to manage. Like it's just we're saving ourselves stress because it would be very hard to be like never touch that kid's ball. You know, like it's hard to. There's just there's going to be things are going to break, but people I think are going to have to understand that at some point they're going to have to let go a little bit without becoming like a crazy denier because like they're just not going to go on until there's a vaccine with no kids communicating, like with no, no, you know. So it's. But I think you I think you do I think you do have to pick a family. Pick one. So you guys need to do a draft, should like a fantasy draft where you and you and Ruby and Teddy and Randy sit around. You make a top ten list. And then you guys decide who's your number one. And then maybe they already have a number one. Maybe they, they say no yeah. to you. And then you go to your number two. It's like applying for college. You need a safety hey. family, a safety school family. You need a dream. You need a reach, a realistic, yeah. and a safety. And, but if people who know us know that we've already we've blown our golden time to do it when we were both unemployed. And Randy never left the house. She was really good. And I, I would be the problem, you'd say, because I'm the weak link. I would leave the house more and do more errands and stuff. But... Now Randy's back to her job, and people might know this. Right? People can't find out that she's she's going places because then once they find that out, we're going to be blacklisted. Oh yeah, you're out. Ball. If Randy's leaving the house, going to work, yeah, you're definitely out. Yeah, I mean, not going to her office, but she's going to other. Yeah, it's a, she's she's the weak link now, so she might get us. 
The kids will have no friends thanks to you, Randy, and your job. I think you just got iced. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that's the end of it. Uh, And speaking, uh, I think we should wrap this up. We got Daniel Artest uh, on the phone. Uh, He's in South South Carolina right now. I think, what do we say? Let's patch him in. Patch him in. All right, we're back with our guest, Daniel Artest. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, I saw you. Um, I saw Sam Amick was on. Sam, Sam Am, I'm pronouncing that correctly, right? I've only been reading his articles for 20 years. Yeah. You think I would figure out. He was on your podcast a couple days ago, and uh, I saw that, and I was like, Dan, dude, I loved you. Sacramento Kings. Uh, I've been a giant Kings fan my whole life. And uh, the whole summer league, you played, was that 2008? Uh, 2007. 2007. Yes. You played two games, or how many games did you? Um. Well, it's only a five-game season or something, yeah. right? Yeah. I played in about. I think I played about three games. Oh, wow. nice. Yeah. How was that? I mean, it was a fun experience. Um, the only thing I didn't like about it was everybody thought it was nepotism, but they didn't see the 6 a.m. workouts that I was putting forth with the assistant with the assistant coaches. I didn't even didn't even know I was going to be on the team because if anybody remembers, I got there a day late, you know, um, I was late there. I was, I was a late addition to the team and I was in Indiana actually when I got the call to go to Vegas for the NBA summer league. So, you know, um, it was a, it was a good experience, but I also felt, you know, some, some slack, I mean, some flack from, you know, different agents, uh, from the coach Veggie Theus, basically the entire coaching staff. You know. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, dude, the fans were on your side. I remember we were going nuts. Like I'm a big uh, Sackdown Royalty reader, and they were like giving updates every day. Everybody was uh, pumped up. I was watching. I mean, I don't even know if you could. Could you watch the games like now? Like summer league's giant, you know? No, it's huge. Yeah. But uh, at that time, yeah. I don't can't remember if the games were on TV or not. But no, they wasn't on TV. They were doing updates and everything. Yeah. It was fun. So you're in South Carolina now, is that correct? Yes, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Nice and warm down here. Um, you know, safe, you know, away from everything. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I like it like that. <laughs> That's good. Do you live there normally, or are you just because uh, I'm in Virginia, but I live in Brooklyn? But I, you know, got out uh, a couple months ago when this was all coming down. Now I just moved down here from New York on um, July 1st of last year. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And where were you in New York? I was in the Queens. You're in Queens, Kaplan Lake, yeah. Queens. Yeah, I'm, I live in I live in Long Island City. That's where I'm from. Yeah, you're like Queensbridge, right? The, yep. Born nice. And so what? What city are you from? What's that? What street in Long Island City are you from? Uh, well, I'm from Pennsylvania, but I live uh, I live like by the water. I'm one of those people, like down by uh, <laughs> right by the like one of the like the furthest building closest to the ferry, basically. To, like, okay, so you have on Vernon Boulevard somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so all right. I know what building. So right. yeah, we used to have some good basketball courts here, but now all the hoops are gone. So they're uh, yeah. You're talking about 48th Avenue, I know. Yeah, 40th Avenue, exactly. So. I actually had a 66 point game there, actually, in that same park right there. Yeah. 60 they keep you kept uh, what was the game up to yeah what do you oh, no, it was, a, it was an actual league game <laughs> oh uh, <laughs> it was a league game yeah 
Yeah, they, they do have them uh, sometimes, right? With their- yeah, the quest is like one behind the other, behind the other. There's like three of them. Yeah. 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 66, what was the – this is like a refereed game. You guys are playing to four quarters. The whole it, thing? It, it was a refereed game. I was in high school at the time. You know, so I was I was a little bit smaller, a little bit more explosive, and everything. So um, <laughs> I, I was I was pretty good back back in those days. It's like a like a summer league game, or yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. little regular summer league basketball tournament game. Um, uh, Eighteen and under ages. So what's going on now? Like, what's going to happen? Um... First of all, has has street ball been going on in New York City the past few months? I know you haven't been there, but you there's no hoops. No, <laughs> no, nah, they they pretty much shut everything down. So basically, I think the only tournaments or leagues that's going to be running are in the gyms. And but how are they going to do that? Well, they're opening up the gyms mid June. Oh, they are. So, yeah, they're just probably just going to have like you know the essential essential staff players, essential staff or whatever referees. Pretty much, probably no fans. So when you say the gym, you mean basketball. You don't mean like Equinox and these type of gyms. Yeah, they're opening up all the gyms. Like today in South Carolina, all the gyms is open. So if I wanted to go work out, I can go work out. Oh, really? I, I got to yeah. get down to South Carolina. Capitalism yeah. and Jones uh, the to rims, work out. The rims are up here. <laughs> the rims are up? I mean, I'm falling apart here. I need. I was going to do basketball drills without the without the rims and just like do real fundamental stuff, but it's that's not, the, that's not fun. So. <laughs> so have you been playing or what's going on? Oh no, nah, no, nah, I don't play no more, man. I am um, a family man, a father of four. He <laughs> can't play basketball and be a family man. I know. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, I just, I just, um, to be honest, like I fell out of love with the game of basketball, man. You know, and um, going through a lot of you know struggles in my life. You know what I mean? So I just decided to just you know step away and get myself back in order before I even think about playing some basketball. Uh, I plan on playing again, though, but nothing, nothing crazy, just, you know, recreationals. Yeah. So what did you – you were doing um, the uh, the King – I mean, obviously you played King Summer League, but you also played professionally for a while. Was it Indiana where you were playing? Um, After, after the Kings, I played in Atlanta. I played in Gallup, New Mexico. I played in um, Roxford, Illinois. Then I at the Rock for Illinois, I played in Indiana, and then and I played in uh, New York. And what so, what league? Yeah. That was all the same league, or there's multiple leagues? But oh, it was multiple leagues. It was um, one was the ABA, and the other one was the uh, PBL. And what's the level of competition versus New York City games um, at that in that in those leagues? Um, now the leagues are tough. You know, there's a lot of good players. There's a lot of players. You know. You know, people that's trying to get back overseas. Some people that's that's you know trying to get over there for the first time. So it's really hungry. It's, it's a lot of hungry people. I liken it to playing uh, junior college basketball. Players is just trying to play to get you know to Division One or to get to a four year school, regardless of whatever level. So yeah, it's definitely hungry. Nobody wants to be there. You know. <laughs> yeah, everybody's trying to work their way out, right? Yeah. Exactly. What about um, so you're you've obviously been gone. Uh, by the way, good timing, I guess, on the move, huh? To get out of New York. City. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. New York is is nobody's listening out there, and, and it's a shame. You know, uh, people people are you know losing their lives and stuff. Um, I have some friends that lost their lives. Uh, I lost an aunt to it. You know, and um, so yeah, I'm glad I got out because I, I can literally go outside. I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere. So, really? you know, 
yeah, I got my son running around in the grass or whatever, and um, like nobody's really you know close to me. So you're outside of Charleston then. You're not in the no, middle. No, I'm inside of Charleston. I'm in a city called I'm in a city called uh, West Ashley, which is still in Charleston. Got it. And what about um? Because you know when you read on the news, a part of wanted to, what I want to talk about is uh having if you're obviously you're still connected with people in New York City and in Queens and seeing a different perspective than what I mean the news is just telling you like this is the overall numbers but the personal stuff I'm in Virginia but Cap's in Long Island City but like in Queensbridge uh, for example how's it all going there Um, I don't know how much how much you keep up but well Queensbridge Queensbridge is I mean I wish they they stay in the house more a lot of them still be outside whatever um, I think a lot of them think that this thing is not serious. You know, I think that uh, people in Queensbridge, you know, they, like me, for instance, I won't allow nobody in my house, no matter we're family or not, during this time. And I think that people think that just because we're family, like they can just go over to other people's houses and stuff, but you don't know what you're bringing with you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, I think... Queens, Queensbridge could could do a little better as as following you know the stay at home orders and as well as uh you know New York L A Florida of course you know I, uh, pretty much the whole United States <laughs> yeah it's yeah. um I mean Cap were you at, I mean I I was were you the one sending pictures last night of I guess bars are opening in New York City but you can't go well inside? no they're not they're not opening people are there's some people who are you can get takeaway but some people are trying to congregate outside the bars and people. It was a beautiful weekend. People are congregating in the grass. And I think they do like you're saying. A lot of people are like family members. And they go, oh, it's fine. It's like eight, ten family members. But you don't all live together, so you're defeating the purpose to be getting together real close. And there was a midnight soccer game going on for the first time. It happens in the summer all the time here. But mm-hmm. there was they were playing at midnight. There was like 20 guys out there. And then, then the police showed up and dispersed it. But So people are, yeah, they're getting lax here. And Kaplan, so, are people getting – because you were saying like a couple weeks ago the cops were really on top of all this stuff, right? like really out yeah. enforcing is that gone away or what's going no on? that's still gone like this school there's a school next to me that's basically turned into like a new precinct and there's all these cops in there and they they walk, walk around and they pass out masks and they kind of try to they are around during the day mm-hmm. um but because this is this area this park here i don't know if you've been is like it's a just a populous area but um i don't know what it's like in the rest of the city because i've i've been trying not to leave the neighborhood much i i did i drove through queensbridge like once but that was really early in the process. It was pretty – people were inside then, but that was that was like the first week or so. So, But for the most part, I haven't left the neighborhood, so it's hard nope. to try and <laughs> – And do you have family still in the area? Uh, My dad lives on um, Roosevelt Island, if you're f- familiar with Roosevelt Island. Yeah. There's a little island between um, Manhattan and Queens. So, so my dad lives over there. Um, I got some nieces in Queensbridge and um, some nephews and stuff in Queensbridge as well. But um, that's just about it. Yeah. And is uh, – Because Queensbridge is a pretty pop – I mean, it's like there's – how many, like, apartment buildings are there? I mean, there's like – it's like a pretty big area. Like, it's like pretty ma- – I mean, yeah. like, to explain um, to people, it's like a – it's not like one apartment. I mean, it's like a whole several blocks. Yeah, it's um six blocks and 96 yeah. buildings. Yeah, yeah. And what was it like playing basketball in that neighborhood growing up? Um, it was tough. It was it was it was fun. It made me into the player I was, you know. Um, in Queensbridge, growing up back in the day, there was this tournament called Block to Block. So it was only the six blocks of Queensbridge residents only could play in it. You know, they had ages from 
um, I want to say six and under, all the way up to 18 and under. Hmm. So all that talent in Queensbridge back in the day, you know, everybody played for their respective block for bragging rights or whatever. You know, um, it was it was it was fun. It was, it was tough. It wasn't no no easy days. And how'd you guys do? <laughs> oh, we did pretty good. Um, like I always made it to the championship, but I lost in the championship like uh, two times, and then I won. I won one. You won one. So who else besides you and your brother would we know who was playing basketball in the area? Uh, Vern Fleming. For, okay, I know the name. I can't trust. Vern Fleming from Queensbridge. Uh, Sean Green from Queensbridge as well. Um, if y'all familiar with boxing, uh, Louis Deval. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the first, the first one to knock down Roy Jones. Was Lamar Odom or what? No, no. He's, he's from Jamaica, Queens, though. He's from Jamaica, but you guys knew him a long time or growing up or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've known Lamar since I was like nine. So we go, we go back pretty, pretty far. Okay. That's. Well, I met Lamar once. One of the best. My wife is four eleven. One of the best photos ever taken was her and Lamar Odom. So. <laughs> so were you watching the last dance? Yeah, I've, I've been watching it. Um, I've been going, um, doing live shows, uh, post, um, post shows, um, of the last dance. So that's why Sam Amick was on it because I asked him to come on. And he came on. And that's what we was talking about. Pretty much the um the episode and stuff. I enjoyed it. It was cool. When did Ron get to the Bulls? Was it? 19, was, go ahead. Nineteen ninety-nine. The next year. Would that be the next year? Yeah. yeah. Nah, um, or, or no. Or no. It was 99-2000 season, so it was um one year. So basically, Jordan left for 98, then they played the 98-99 season, then Ron came in for the 1999-2000 season. All right, and what uh, was, like, Jerry Krause still around at that time? I he, guess so. Yeah, he drafted him. Oh, he drafted him? Yes. He was the architect of the new... He wanted, he, want, he wanted Frederick Weiss, but the Knicks took him, so... <laughs> this whole uh, this whole time, the whole thing really, like, just destroys Kraus throughout all 10. Yeah. yeah it's like, a little unfair since he's not alive to... But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they they let him have it. That was... um. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know. I guess that, that was his doing. That was him, you know, just... Um, throwing, yeah, what do you think of the guy? Um, when I met him, he was nice. I didn't have an issue with him and stuff. You know, that's just his job. That's how he wanted to do his job. So, you know, um, he did it to the best of his abilities. Uh, was it right? No. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, it had to be done. It's just something that would never happen now. You couldn't, like, there's no GM that has more power than the best player. Not only the best player in the NBA, but the best, the history of the NBA, but the best player on a team, I would say. Yeah, um, and also a lot of players aren't willing to stick it out and stay with a team for a long time and try to build things like that. Even general managers, like I think what the shelf life of an NBA team staying together now is about, what, four or five years? Yeah. You know, before they before they break it up, you know? It's not like that. Like, like think about it, the Lakers, when Magic came in, they wrote it to the wheels fall off, you know what I'm saying, until Magic retired or whatever. Right. You know, thing with the, with the Celtics and stuff. Even the, the Bulls did it, you know? Well, that's what, and they didn't have the chance back then. Like Michael Jordan couldn't just go as a free agent to any any team like they would have now, where like LeBron can, you know, he didn't really have many options. So, yeah, it's yeah, one, you know. Too. Um, yeah. The way how Jerry Jerry uh, Krause was acting, I thought if that was today, Jordan would be on a different team. Yeah. As opposed Easily. to retiring, you mean? Yeah, I'm just saying. Remember, they they've been pulling this up since forever. Jordan was on those Bulls teams, you know. Um, 
even the situation with the broke foot, you know, and how they was how they was treating him and stuff, and you know, um, not giving him input on certain personnel decisions and stuff. Like Jordan, probably probably would have gone. He would have been gone. Yeah, he had the 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 mindset of like how LeBron James have being uh, empowered as a player. You know, I think I think that he would have been out of there. But Kraus, uh, you got to give him a little some credit. He drafted the Pippen move they made. The whole so well, getting like Pippen that, to sign yeah. for what did they say? P- Pippen got well, paid like well, first he traded for Pippen is what I meant. But yeah, then he signed him to like a terrible contract. I mean, for Scotty, yeah, for seven years. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah Jerry. Uh, listen for for. But Jerry, he's let's just say this: Jerry Krause, he didn't fail. Uh, he you won I mean? six like championships. A, yeah, it's not like it's, it's not. <laughs> you can't say he failed at anything. He just did things his way. So, like whatever, you know, um, flaws he had, you know, hey, if it wasn't for him, I probably won't get those championships. Because he got, he had a good eye for something. He seems and he, different. Yeah, and he somehow knew Phil Jackson was like a genius. Where, whereas, like he was in the CBA, like you know, so. And then, so Ron was on that team with uh, that was the Eddie Curry Tyson Chandler kind of draft. Was that the same? Was he drafted in that same year? No, nah, he came with Elton Brand. Oh, came with Elton Brand. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, got it. And then they were the next year. And then, and then at one point, Brad Miller was on that team. That was actually they were putting together oh, a yeah. team. Except Eddie Curry yeah. wasn't any good. <laughs> yeah, they had they had Brad Miller. Um, the Bulls they was starting to have a nice core and stuff because they had Tyson Chandler and Eddie Curry at the same time. So, um, you know, they they probably could have worked something out, you know, if they would have stayed longer. But, you know, I guess um, Ron wasn't, you know, I guess wasn't acting right on the team and stuff, so they had to make a move or whatever. But it ended up working out for him, so. Yeah. You know. Who was the best uh, – who's the best player you've seen, not in a NBA arena, but, like, live around New York City? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say uh, – Corey Williams. Corey he goes Williams. by the name of Homicide. <laughs> All right. Tell us about him. <laughs> um, well, right, right now he's in Australia. He um he does color commentary for the Australian Basketball League. If you ever watch like LaMelo oh. Ball play or something like that, this is one black guy there. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a random gig. Yeah, right. But he played in Australia too as well. He's he's a he's a legend. He's a legend out there. So and he's really controversial. He's funny. He knows how to work the TV, you know what I'm saying, in, in his favor. And so, but uh, on the streetball circuit, uh, homicide, that I sh- that's all I should have to say, why they call him homicide. Just kills people. <laughs> what he does. <laughs> Simple as that. Really, really good, uh, really good player. Take t- Took no mess from nobody. Went at NBA players. Went at, you know, other streetball counterparts and stuff. And then got discovered from it. You know, um, had tryouts with a couple of NBA teams. Say the Raptors, the Pacers and stuff, uh, to name two. And um, he almost made the Raptors, and um, I thought that he was going to make it because I remember he played Garden against the Knicks during preseason. He scored like ten points in the fourth quarter, you know, led him to win. But then he was like the la- exact last cut, you know. And um, he just ended up playing overseas for years, and you know, he made a made a great career out of it. Um, but the streetball really, you know, got him, you know, his name and stuff like that. You know, he homicide <laughs> wow dude and what about um what about like uh who's the best rapper from the area uh, obviously Nas is local but well oh you well um who you, yeah who's your favorite my favorite well from Queensbridge my favorite is Prodigy from Mob Deep okay favorite um another favorite of mine is this other rapper 
that was part of Mob Deep called the Infamous Mob. Called, his name was uh, Big Twins. Big Twins is one of my favorite rappers um, as well. They just, you know, they just, you know, do the music that I relate to. Stuff that I've seen, you know what I mean? Stuff that I, I've seen them do, whatever they talk about, they raps and stuff, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it's just something I, I, I can vibe with, you know what I'm saying? And, um, of course, you know, Capone from Capone and Noriega, you know, another Queensbridge guy. We got Nature, you know, Cormega, you know, um, Tragedy, Poet, you know, uh, Crime Fam, your Bars and Hooks, and, ooh, it's a lot, man. You know, <laughs> um, um, local, um, local uh, other rappers, uh, Axlo, um, Genuine Quality, we got um, 16s, we got Ty Brown, um, rest in peace, uh, somebody, another rapper that just passed away named King Truder, you know, um, is uh, uh, Ace Ruga. This is all from the same from Queensbridge. Talk Queensbridge. Katie Roller. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's a bunch of them, man. Kaplan, how many? That, uh, how that, many? That, who's your top ten favorite from Allentown, Pennsylvania? Kaplan? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any rappers from Allentown? Yeah. That's why I'm raising my son here in Long Island City. I'm kicking that. You know, he's got the. It's gonna rub off somehow. You, 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 look, you like you like a little like a ten minute walk from Queensbridge, man. You can yeah. walk in here and stuff. Yeah. I'll tell him, hey, make sure this guy's good. He's safe. There you go. Get safe, to get Teddy safe. Kaplan. Get the he goes to the, the there's a Brooklyn, there's a climbing place across the street from Queensbridge now. We're down there all the time, so maybe oh, one okay. days. Off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the. Uh, it's great to just talk about like going places in New York, by the way, because we don't like just talking about basketball. I mean, it's. I hope I hope it's back this summer at some point late, but I don't know. Probably not. Well, well, the New York New York City they took all the permits away, so that's yeah. why you won't see, you won't see like no type of sport playing outside yeah. in, in, in in any park this summer in New York. Yeah. They took it away till what I think August thirty first or September. 1st. Oh really? Oh, you know more than me about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. So basically, um, there's no Rucker Park, no West Fourth, yeah. no Dykeman, no anything else. Anything outside there is nothing going on outside. Right. Have you been like is West Fourth? Have you played there? Oh, West Wolf is fun. It's brutal because the yeah. court's so I mean, small. Uh, yeah, I, I, always I, do, watch, uh, I always watch it all the time. You, I'm sure you do because you do comedy. There. Yeah, I walk by there every day. I do stand-up in that neighborhood every night. I mean, not right now, obviously, before. But I would walk by. I was always wondering what level those guys are at. I mean, like when you're walking by and watching for five minutes, they look good, but it's hard to know. You know, Is that one of the better, uh, the better courts? I would say it's the most consistent runs. If you want to go play basketball somewhere, you, there's always a run there. You will never miss out on playing basketball there. Um, as far as the talent, um, it just it just depends who shows up, man. You know, um, yeah. I say I say it's um I say it's a lot of people that play hard rather than you know being really talented, right? right? Playing for the fans. There's a lot of people watching. So, so. what's if you want to play? Like, say you just decide that tonight I want to go play. I want to go play at West Fourth. Do you call ahead or do you just walk <laughs> up? What happened? Yeah, right. I walk up and then they see me and they're like, yo, Dan, you got next. Whether it was like 20 people ahead of me. But is so there a guy in charge? So they know yeah, who someone, you are. Yeah, yeah, they know. Yeah, of course. Like every every park I go to in New York, I try to make my, my presence known. I, I go there, I play hard and you know what I mean? And I get I get angry and um, but I play hard. <laughs> so but so people, you know, they always welcome me back. And that's, what was it? That's like, by the way, that's how I play Turner. I hustle so much, that, <laughs> no, and I don't shoot. So if a good player recognizes me, they're always like, "Go oh, grab that key. He's not gonna shoot at all. He's gonna hustle." So we need one guy. Let's... Get back on D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Little white guy is gonna play super hard. So. <laughs> what? Uh, so how was that? Was there like? Do you remember when you got to the point where you could go to any court in New York City and um, and get on? 
Um, or is that court, court by court? I'm, I'm almost comparing it right now to stand-up comedy where like I'm half the clubs in New York City I can show up and go, you know, I can get booked and go do it, but there's still a couple that I'm not in yet, yet, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it just depends on, it just depends on the mood of people, you know what I mean? Some people, they know who I am, but they'll still be, you know, they'll still kind of like hate or whatever and stuff, you know? Mm. So it, it just, it just depends on the, on the, on the mood of the people whether I'm just going to go in and play on a support or whatever and stuff, you know. But I mean, is it like you when you were 18 years old, like you're we working your way up? Is it like you get into better and better courts the better you get at basketball, or is it just day by day? If you show up in the um, I say is I, I say when I go on those courts, I go to work on a specific skill. I won't work on my, my I won't do my regular game. So I go there and be like, today, I'm going to shoot more threes than usual. Or I'm going to work on my passing, you know, whether, um, you know, if they double-teaming me, how I'm going to pass it. Or whether, you know, just, just being like a release valve. Like, if somebody's open, but I got to be the hockey assist man, you know, working on that and stuff. And sometimes I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to work on step backs. I'm going to work on my left hand layups and stuff, mm-hmm. work reverses. And I just practice. That's how I practice real time <laughs> that's very similar to stand up you're like i'm gonna work on this one bit tonight just this one yeah. joke i gotta get this thing right and then when yeah. you go wait didn't ron do stand up for a little while or am i off on that yeah he did stand up i forgot about i'm just remembering as i'm saying this he did stand up comedy for, i think he was like you, a ever, you ever did the laugh factory in yeah in hollywood yeah, yeah he, he did that yeah he did that's it a- he did it he i guess he did okay i didn't, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really see it. <laughs> if I was a comedian, I would just talk about my family all day. That'd be all my jokes. <laughs> like what? Go, give us one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta write it. <laughs> it was Ron. What about the Best Buy story? Is that true? When, yes, uh, Circuit City. Circuit City. Circuit, but, oh wow! It's a, so when Ron was in the NBA, he got a. He really did apply for a job, or he got a job at Circuit City to get discounts. Yes. <laughs> Because <laughs> people are always asking him for things, and he said, "What's your?" Um, he wanted the he wanted the store discount. Yeah, and, <laughs> so and that's well, why he. Did it. And, he and Circus City a, went out of business eventually. So who knows? <laughs> exactly right. And he was making a couple million, I guess, at least, right? If yeah, yeah. He, he was he was um on a rookie contract. <laughs> well, he was a hundred thousand there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> How many? What's your family like? How many uh, siblings you guys have? It's um ten, ten of us. Oh, just ten! Wow. Yeah. And are you the only two who play basketball? Yeah. No, no, no. I had um another brother that played basketball, but um he didn't he didn't um go too far with it and stuff. Okay. I mean, he plays today, but he loves it. My dad loves it and stuff, you know. But me and Ron is the only ones that pretty much you know did something with it. I guess. Yeah. Well, got. Got paid to play basketball. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He got paid to play basketball. I got paid to play basketball. So that's that's cool. And I always say when people um say, "Well, have you made it to the NBA?" I'm like, "Yeah. Well, I had to pay taxes on them summer league checks." So, I think, <laughs> yes. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. I mean, the definition people for years are like, "Are you a?" Prof-? I mean, I've been a I've been a, only a stand up comedian for the past five years or four yeah five years. But even the first couple years, people are like, "Are you professional?" I'm like. People are paying me to do it, so mm-hmm. that's the definition of a professional. We, we need a summer league equivalent for comedy. We, need a- <laughs> we do need. I need a Vegas to go. You need to. a Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that fun outside when you're in Vegas? When you're there for the summer league, is it fun outside of the games, or is it just like all business? 
Uh, let me let me tell you when I when I once I realized how the team was acting and I wasn't playing that many games and stuff, I just started. I just I had a lot of sex. Nice. <laughs> I didn't care after a while. I was just like, you know what? I'm enjoying myself. I'll be prepared. I make sure I'm ready to go play. But you know what? I'm just going to have fun. I'm not going to. I'm not going to even get upset. I got upset once, and I got upset in front of everybody. I mean, everybody's seen it. Team execs, and um, I was like, damn. But you know, what I mean, I was playing really good in practice, so I thought I was going to play in the games and stuff. And um, and the frustration from like you know the coaches and stuff, they didn't want me there. You know what I'm saying? I, I get it. Maybe somebody forced it on them or whatever. I asked Ron, you know what I'm saying? Because I was like, yo, Ron, listen, you got to you gotta answer this question for me. Yo, did you ask these guys to put me on this team? He said no, and I believe him. You know what I'm saying? So once he said no, I was like, all right, cool. Because I know that when we was training, I was training hard with him. You know what I mean? Like, you know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I was working out with one of the coaches named Jason Ham at the time. We was getting in there. We was shooting like a 1,000 shots a day. Then I was doing my own workouts. Then – um. In Sacramento at night in the evening, I played in the Sacramento, um, the Sacramento Pro League, yeah. um, Capital Christian High School. And I was doing really good there and stuff. I had some great, great games. And you know, Coach Ham came and see me play a lot. He liked the way he liked how I was, I was improving and stuff. And um, you know, I got, I was in really good shape. Even though, like my, see, everybody was talking about my weight. You know, what I'm saying because I was like 290, but that's my, that's my. My playing weight, I was I was over I was over my playing weight by like fifteen pounds. My playing weight in college I was two sixty, two seventy five or whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I don't know if y'all ever seen videos of me playing yeah. or whatever. I was um I put up a video of me playing basketball at Rucker Park. That was like right before um, you know what I'm saying, um me, you know, spinning, dunking the ball and stuff like that. So when people talk about my weight, I'm like, why y'all talking about my weight? That's that's my weight. That's how I play. That's my playing weight. I've always been like that. You know what I mean? But you can handle you can handle the ball though too, right? Yeah, yeah. Even a bit. I mean, I was I was and, and, and um at 12 years old, I was six two two forty. You know Jesus, what I'm saying? Jesus, so twelve. <laughs> yeah, twelve. So I, I was always a I was always a big guy. Did you play football? No, 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 no. See, that's the thing. I wasn't like I didn't have a football sized body. Like you know, what I'm saying I wasn't like oh, no yeah. big ever. You know, um. I was a muscular guy, you know what I'm saying? So, but in, it was funny because in summer league, I was dunking in the lamp lines with one hand, two hands, whatever, windmills, whatever. And when I was playing in the lamp line, I don't understand when people were talking about the way I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care because I was having a lot of sex. <laughs> so, you know, the ladies, ladies there, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of amazing. They have summer league in Vegas. You have all these young people who are supposed to be focused on this important moment of their career of like impressing everyone. And they put it in Vegas where it's like, <laughs> but I guess they have Orlando too for some. Well, they're even talking yeah. now. They're talking now about maybe bringing the NBA back for a month and doing some tournament. And like again, they're like, we should do it in Vegas. It's like, no, you shouldn't. Montana is the only state in America they've had zero cases since April 25th. Zero. Wow. Just do it at Montana State. But do they have hotels? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You could do it at a college. All you need is a gym. Yeah. There's no fans. There's no. There's exactly. no... I don't know if LeBron is staying in the Montana State dorm. That's but... exactly why. Because they because people want to be in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. if there's no people in Vegas. Right now, there's it's, no one in Vegas. They still have awesome hotel rooms and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. What do you think they should do with the NBA coming back? Or should they? Or like, what's your opinion on all this? As long as people are safe, man. As long as people are healthy to go. I, mean, I say bring it back. But if not, don't don't rush it. Don't I, I get it? The players want to play so bad, you know. They only worry. They're gonna only worry about, you know, that part. You know what I'm saying? But if it's not safe to play, then they shouldn't play. Yeah, and the other thing is the testing. Like, do you want to? If we if we was, 
if there's already not enough testing for people who are sick, do you want to just give it to all these NBA players to test them? I think that they should go independently and get tested like that, I guess. You know, and as well, the NBA should um, also whatever test they, how many players or how many people that need to be tested, they should double it and then give it to the public. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, uh, um, yeah, go ahead, Cap. No, I was going to say, speaking of weight, do you have any, uh, since you, do you know Elton Brand at all? Because I'm a 76ers fan and I'm wondering if Joel Embiid is going to come back in like 400 pounds when they come out of this <laughs> thing or if he's, or if he's staying just- in shape at all. <laughs> I said that on a previous podcast yeah. that Joe and B is going to come out out of shape. Uh, I'm already stressed out about it. I, I don't want him to get hurt. So <laughs> yeah, one of my a- teammates uh, worked for Sixers named uh, Curtis Sumter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he was. Uh, was he a for, for, uh, Villanova guy? Or- yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's one of my AAU teammates. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wild. So there's no. I was surprised. I thought you were going to tell us there's some like underground basketball happening on right happening right now that no one knows about. I was. I actually, heard about something like that today. Actually, on oh. and somebody was on Instagram Live talking about it. And somebody it was playing for a thousand dollars today in some gym. I don't know where it was at, mm. but I heard, I heard something about that today in, in New, New York, York City. Yep, in New York City. I knew it. Yeah. I knew there was something. There's, I, there's people this, training gyms on basketball on private gyms though in New York. There's gyms. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah. I mean, well, I've heard a lot of NBA players are doing that. They're kind of getting their own gym space and then yeah. training, which you would have. Or to some do. of them have. I mean, in their homes, some of them, I guess, have it. But yeah, it's better to uh, bring back the Michael Jordan Space Jam gym or something and just yeah, exactly. train there. <laughs> exactly. So, what do you think? From what you hear, people. Um, does it feel like in the, in the, in your old neighborhood and stuff, people are like we're getting past the past the virus stuff, past the sickness or all that, or is it? Uh, do you know? Um, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's I, I know it's neighborhood by neighborhood, and a lot of there's just that New York Times article that a lot of neighborhoods like the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side, those people just left. Everyone's gone from New York City. Yeah, there were yeah. people like Turner here left. So, so I took like, people, people Upper East Side went to their vacation homes, I guess, yeah. in the Hamptons. Yeah, I'm at my brother's place in D.C. Yeah. Um, I mean, normally when I hear somebody get it, so far, I didn't see I didn't. Um, Cap, can you mute your uh, your side there? Yeah, sorry. No problem. Um, normally, normally when, um, when somebody gets it or whatever, it, it's like a death sentence. So, so far, a lot of people, you know, it, it hasn't been, it hasn't been good. I haven't, yeah. I haven't known, no, I know one person that went through it and you know came out on the other side good yeah yeah it's tough i know um obviously like to people i've seen people who don't live in new york and they're like whoa does anyone even know anyone who has this this isn't a thing but then in new york city we all know multiple people so anyway what, what about uh last question here so then when you're going at like if you go to play street ball in south carolina obviously you haven't been playing recently but i feel like versus new york city you're just going to be dominating wherever you go Right. Oh uh, well, like like I said, I haven't played basketball. Well, if I, I haven't played basketball since like consistently since like 2018. I haven't played a lick of basketball in South Carolina. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did. Well, I took like I took some shots at the at the at the at the courts or whatever. But um, other than like just playing, like I I haven't played. <laughs> Playing low. It's, it's just like it's not it's not in me to play right now anymore or something like that. You know. Just um, you know, trying to get get things together over here and stuff. But I do want to play again. 
I'm actually um, going to start start training tonight. I'm starting a little regimen. I got all these resistance bands now, so now I'm about to oh. put them to, to good tonight. Use. Yeah, tonight when everybody go to sleep, go right in this living room, throwing oh. a peanut X, and uh, you know, make it happen. There we go. Yeah. Well, Dan, we want to say I'm going to get down to South Carolina and train with you because I need to. <laughs> yeah. I play in a basketball league in Brooklyn. The whole season got canceled, but we'll be back next year. So going to come back oh, better. Did, Working something. did you play? What you play at that new gym they built in Brooklyn? No, what new gym? In, um, uh, it's like it looked like it's dark on the inside. Like it's like brick on the inside. And it got a bunch of courts on it or whatever. It's like some new gym that everybody goes to. I actually want to throw a basketball event when all this stuff blows over. Oh. No, I play like on an outdoor court. It's a it's like a hipster bookstore league. It's not not a high level. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm no no no. But, but, I'm I'm playing. Playing. We bring you in for the playoffs next year. We always like to bring in a ringer for the tournament. Yeah, I'm playing. I'm and playing. Uh, <laughs> with your size, you'll definitely people will get pissed at us. It'll be great. But I, I need a, I need a business connection. Make sure you have a good business person. You know, what I'm saying my podcast is doing really good, so I need I need some more sponsors. All right, we can oh, do that. There we, we go. We, All right, that'll be the trade. Quid pro quo. Yeah, you, you go play for third from Queens. <laughs> Dan, I was going to play in your bookstore basketball league. That'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, to come out to well, I, I'm, actually, I was supposed to. I had a show scheduled for Charleston in August, but I think that's off now. But some theater okay. down there, I'm going to reschedule it. I'll let you know. We do. Yeah, yeah, and um, I used to live in Chantilly, so I got some Virginia roots too, a little bit. Oh, there you go. Cool. Yeah, I used to live in Chantilly. That's why I played on um, professional basketball in, in Chantilly, Virginia, too, as well. I forgot about that. Nice. Yeah. Well, what's the name of your podcast so our listeners can find it? Oh, it's called the Daniel Artest Podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Daniel Artest Pod. I'm on Facebook too as well. I got a Facebook group, so just search the Daniel Artest Podcast. That's the name of the Facebook group. We had twenty, almost twenty five hundred members in there, and nice. also you can go, you know, DanielArtest.com um, and just sign up and stay tuned to what I got coming in store. Thank you so much, man. Excellent. Thanks for doing it. Great to meet you. Yeah, no problem, man. No and problem at all. Great to see you. And uh, yeah, meet you on Zoom. And um, that's it. Kaplan, we should get to the news. Play the music. Play the music. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We got old news wrapped up in old blues. We can't afford the call. No, we don't know where. All right, we're back. Thank you to Daniel Artest, Kaplan. That was great, huh? Yeah, it's fun to talk a little sports in this podcast. And uh, yeah, I hope we, uh, we, you know, we forgot to mention uh, the Nomales of the Palace. 
But other than that, we I feel like we I know that we, was our my one big regret, right? Yeah. When we hung up, I realized we forgot to ask him about that. Um what uh, I did read, I just want to know if he was there or any, yeah, any insight. Well, I don't but. think he was because I read an article about it where, and it was a quote from him saying that Ron, our, the Mouse of the Palace, for anyone who doesn't know, is when Ron Artest was uh, playing for the Indiana Pacers. They're playing in Detroit, Michigan. He flew, he ran into the stands and beat up fans because fans <laughs> were throwing, they threw like a cup of water at him or a cup of beer yeah. or whatever it was. A yeah. And it, it was landed crazy. onto him. And, and it was a whole crazy fight. The whole cra- it was the biggest worst fight I mean, I've seen. Steven Jackson, Stack Jack yeah, was there. Yeah. Everybody, and that was a great Pacers team that could have won a title, but whatever. They could have won yeah, a title for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, but I know that Dan had said that. Uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure he was not there because he said that Ron called him right after, and was like, "Oh hey, I just got into a fight." And uh, but then was like, yeah, I think it'll be cool. Like I'll, he, they basically he was presenting it like he would be suspended maybe for a few games, but that would be it. Mm. Like, yeah, it was kind of rough, but like, you know, it was he fine. got suspended for the season, I believe, for those who didn't for like 75 games. Yeah, the rest of the season. Which so. is the biggest suspension, yeah. I think, in history. Yeah. But anyway, thanks to Dan for doing it. And yeah, um, I'm fired up for him to come play on your hipster uh, book book uh bookstore that, uh basketball that was the team. most disappointing thing that you know it, it came on instagram quietly last week where they just announced the season's canceled and they showed a picture of all the quotes without rims and i thought it was a little premature like maybe we could have you know put worked out some sort of deal but apparently they they, they wanted to be they wanted to be safe they want to protect us they knew what and was it, coming they know there's some older players on our, my team specifically so they knew we were in the, we're in the demographic that's not safe to play. Well, so. and they knew you were going to bring Daniel Artest out of retirement to come. Play oh, they knew. The yeah, we 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 were known. We, our first year ever, we brought a we brought a couple ringers in for the playoffs. Like you got to bring them in earlier. You got to get them in play a regular season game for you. Yeah, but what about so, was either one of them a two hundred ninety pound uh, <laughs> basketball player? That'd be amazing. One of them was a former college player, but yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> first anyway. news story of the week comes to us from the Hill Capital, thehill dot com. All right. Viral photo shows French preschoolers confined to chalk squares for social distance playtime. What? Yeah, the, you saw this picture. Tell me. I about saw it. this picture was so bizarre because it was like a bunch of kids outside in like a play, you know, like one of these like cement playground areas, and they all had like a chalk. Like it was more than, like a diff- I don't know what shape it was, but it was drawn around them. It was like this is the area you could stay in. As if, like, you're in the yard, you get some fresh air. I mean, you can't leave the square. I just find this impressive that they can get preschoolers to stand in place. Yeah, I don't understand how, but I mean, it's almost like you, their kids are so bored that uh, they can they can just stay there. I don't, I don't know. It's like a French thing. It's like there was that book, Bringing a Baby. You know what that means? No. I'm not so bored. Teddy, right, <laughs> Teddy Kaplan is. Story. There was a book called Bringing a Baby years ago, that, uh, Bebe. That uh, I know Randy read, and a lot of people were reading America. It was about how French kids, you can take them to fancy restaurants, and they can, they're just better. They just, they, for whatever reason, nobody knows why. I don't know what the reasons were. They, they treat them like adults. They're more the well French behaved. Kids, they're more well behaved. They eat better. They, they do all these, I think they drink wine. I don't know. They do everything better. <laughs> yeah, they're adults. But so, uh, so apparently they can also stay in a spot as if they're, I don't think most humans, in the, without a smartphone, most humans can stay in a spot. By themselves for like forty five minutes or not most. I mean, ninety percent of Americans adults. seem to I mean, have humans. 
I mean, adults, but yeah. Americans <laughs> seem to have ADD or at least a prescription for Adderall. I would say 90%. Yeah. But no, this you're so true. That's so right on the fringe kids. You know, fringe people can also in general eat chocolate every day and never get fat. Have you noticed that? Yes. And, bread, and baguette. So you eat a whole baguette and drink wine. They just drink and wine, just, eat uh, chocolate, uh, and eat baguette. Unless it's like a charming like French guy thing where it's actually women find attractive because he's like a older guy who's a little heavy. But I have no the, idea. These kids, yeah. Tyler Sparks got these kids over here, a hot tub, a blow up hot tub, and you can't even get them to stay in the hot tub. They Yo, jump yeah. in the hot tub, they immediately start wrestling and then fly out like it's, yeah, uh, that's like it's WWE. That's, that's why we're spreading the virus. We can't distance. <laughs> yeah. But I, my last thing I was thinking about now is that, you know, my school famously charges us. They only get one day of recess. Uh, we've talked about a week in my school, except we raised $50,000 for my PTA to get the kids more recess, we pay for an outside service. And I wonder if, if school comes back, if we could find a company that will make the kids stay in a spot and they're just boxed in with chalk, <laughs> if that'll yeah. be cheaper, because that's less work. So they don't have to really entertain him. So maybe they could get that for 25000 for the year. I don't know. Yeah, you can get so, out-of-work comedians just to sit there and watch yeah. kids standing in a box. Yeah, PTA board, if you're listening, and I know you are, Go look into that for next year. Look into that. <laughs> next story comes to us again from the hill.com Kaplan. They're a great news source. Oh yeah. German restaurant gives patrons hats. Uh, so it tells the German restaurant has these patrons wearing hats with pool noodles, which are those yeah, big, long, skinny kind of um, foam. There's like a great picture that doesn't translate, but it, yeah, it's, if you've ever seen those pool noodles, there's like uh, that they basically there's like a hat and they're coming out of all different directions these pool noodles and, and it's basically they're like about six feet i guess and the point of this is to make sure these people are social distancing while they're eating at the restaurant yes i love this fun. i love this i think in america we'd adapt it a little bit and everyone would get a sombrero yes like a oh, comically yeah. big sombrero you know those gigantic ones Mm-hmm. And yeah. it'll be fun. People would like to put on a. I could easily see a restaurant full of people with hilarious sombreros on, and it wouldn't even be annoying. Like a pool, this pool noodle. I think Americans would uh, would um, up up. Uh, what do you call it? They would revolt. They wouldn't do right. it. Right. Well, but, also the problem with Americans, we like to bring our dogs everywhere, and dogs. I don't know if you ever dogs eat those pool noodles all the time. So they would just, it wouldn't work at a restaurant. Yeah, but a dog in a sombrero, everybody loves that. Oh, I, well, no, everyone loves that. We like people in, like, any sort of costumes. Like, I think I mentioned earlier, it was a fad to wear, like, a costume while walking your dog outside. Uh, we like, we just like pad. We, well, make, that's why Halloween is America's yeah. holiday. America's favorite yeah. holiday is Halloween. Yeah, it's like Ruby. We were watching Star Wars the other day, and Ruby says, to, says uh, Oh, maybe Darth Vader's dressed that way because of coronavirus. And I was like, you're right. Because <laughs> he's got the mask on. He's got the lightsaber that keeps you more than six feet away at all times. He was ready. And that's what we need. We just need to have more fun with it. This Everyone is a great bit, up. Cap. This is your first uh, like open mic bit whenever we come back and you start doing stand-up. Yes, yes. I'm going to do Star Wars with the there original distance. Darth Vader was ready for corona. <laughs> Last story of the week from the New York Post. Protesters do push-ups to call for Florida gyms to reopen. Yeah, I don't, they were basically standing outside. A bunch of protesters were outside of a gym in Florida, and they were just doing push-ups and squats and, and, and demanding that the governor open up the gyms, I guess, before they were ready to be open. And I thought it was like, I don't know about you, but I thought this was like a little bit self-defeating because you're basically showing the governor that you can work out like what I've learned is you can work out without a gym. You don't yeah, need a gym. you don't need a gym. Yeah. Well, I got a couple thoughts here. Number one, 
that Florida governor plays fast and has been playing fast and loose with coronavirus in the very beginning. So if you think he is too conservative, you're like way beyond way off the reservation. Yeah. Well, he's been the most out there. I mean, it's, it's the Georgia guy. And then the Florida guys right there in number two in terms of pushing the limits. Yeah. Well, he's big on like the big thing that he does, which I think has been proven to be sort of right is he's been really cracking out on New Yorkers. So like you can't, I saw there, you can't Airbnb anything in Florida right now if you have a New York, like if you're a New Yorker, basically. Like it's like illegal. Or it's like, it's like even to get a hotel room in, New York, in Florida. But so, he, and, he reopened the gyms in like late March. He did. I, I mean, sorry, like, the, the, no, the no, beaches. He, the beaches, yes. But he, and I think he has, I bet he's reopened the gyms. This article's from last week. I bet he cracked. We should look that up. But uh, <laughs> well, the last thing, my last thought on this story is that I thought the whole point of a protest was to cause some level of disruption towards the people you're protesting against. And then that might make it so they ha- they're forcing their hand right. to do something. Right. If you're just doing like something where you show you're in good shape, I don't see how that's causing trouble. Not only trouble. that, but these people, I've seen the video. It's all like beautiful, in-shape people. It actually makes your day more pleasant if you're walking to work and you get to see all these attractive people working out on the street. Right, that's what I've been talking about. Only to attract people working outside right now. So that's yeah. uh, that's the whole hill you're problem. dying on. But they did, yeah. This story was from a few days ago, and they did open today the gyms. But I don't. But this story is not. This is a universal story because in New Jersey, they repeated this thing. I think people were outside protesting, and then one of these gyms in New Jersey actually um, just defied the law, and he just opened. Did you see that? No, like I did guy, not. Like a, some gym in New Jersey just said like he gave in to the protesters. I don't know. He just opened up. And then I don't know what's going we'll to happen. I understand find this giving in to protesters. They're not inconveniencing you in any way. These well, no, he's, it's, it's not really giving in. It's like, I'm going to make money off the protesters. I'll look yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. He's until a hero the, now. He's a hero. Until the governor, like, I don't know what the fine is. They haven't, you know. Well, I mean, New Jersey's the one state has now passed New York, the state of New York in terms of uh, daily new cases. Oh, so. no. So we did lose our title. We did today but, to Illinois. I think Illinois and New Jersey. But I think every state, and this is the, the character of the nation, is like we should have one thing we're allowed because this isn't going to work. We're, we all are breaking the distancing in some ways. Each state gets one thing you can do it for that's what's most important to you. What? So it makes sense that New Jersey, it's like gym tan and laundry. Like It makes sense that New Jersey would be like you got to let them use the gym. But the whole in thing New York, is if we you, need if, like to get pizzas. I don't know. Yeah, bars but if you're allowed or, to break one, then there's no point in doing any of it. That's it's the still better thing. than nothing. I don't know. It's still <laughs> better than nothing. Here. All right. I mean, I'm not Darth Vader. I don't have. I'm not, I'm not covered up. I can't. That's the podcast, Kaplan. Uh, we're gonna end it there. Thank you to Daniel Artest for doing it. Kaplan, yeah. uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Patreon, everybody get on there. Go to lo- go to our website. Oh, by the way, our website's new and improved right now. Lost it's in America, LostInAmericaPod.com. We have a video. We have a YouTube page now. The video of this thing you're listening to now will be up, the, the, the Dan Artest interview. And uh, also, my Zoom show, Friday nights, it's sold out. It's free reservations, but the reservations got filled up again. We had 110 reservations, I think, last mm. week. It's going to fill up again this week, so get yours now for the Friday night show. It's going to be a blast. We have Maddie Smith is going to be on the show. Oh, pod Rich, favorite. Pod favorite. We have J.R. DeGuzman and we have Pat Bircher, Canadian comic who's very funny. So that'll be great. That's all, Cap. What should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs>